I'm delighted to be talking to Oke Chukwu and Zulu on the podcast today. Um, Oke Chukwu is a writer and teacher who was born in Manchester in 1988. He read English at Girton College, Cambridge, and he's completed the Teach First programme. His debut novel, The Private Joys of Nena Maloney, was released in 2019 by Dialogue Books. It was the winner of a 2020 Betty Trask Award, and it was also shortlisted for the Desmond Elliott Prize in 2020. I sat down a couple of weeks ago and had a really lovely chat with um, Oke Chukwu about his debut novel. We talk about um, identity, race, respectability, politics, um, how he came to write this book the second novel that he's working on. We talk about Paris and doing coffee at Shakespeare and Company. And as ever, Oke Chukwu has some really fantastic reading recommendations for us. Hope you enjoy. Good afternoon, Oke Chukwu, and welcome to the FBC Paris podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. Thank you for finding some time for us. Big question for you for the time that we're currently living in. But how are you? <laughs> that is a big question. Ooh, start with something easy. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm okay. Um, yeah. Obviously in, um, in Manchester and in England, you know, lockdown number, who knows where we are. Yeah. I can't even keep count. <laughs> That's okay. But, <laughs> you know, I just, I'm so lost. But you know, just doing what I can. And you know, I just, I went out mm. for a run this morning and trying to just like stay active and yeah. stay engaged. And I'm, um, you know, reading and trying to sort of do things that make me feel like myself and, you know, getting there. And um, actually I sent my, I sent my agent my second book this week and she's reading it at the moment. So it's a very exciting time. Wow, so a lot of creativity happening nonetheless. It sounds like you're finding a balance between work and taking care of yourself and taking it day by day. Uh, just before we started recording, we were having a little chat. Um, you're actually an English lit teacher, so you're balancing two jobs of being a writer and then teaching. How's that going? Yeah, there's, um, and that was... It's been something I've been doing for a few years now. I, mm. When I was writing this novel, um, I was somehow teaching full-time in high school. I don't really know how I did those two things wow. together. Um, honest, I honestly look back and I think, how did I ever make that work? Um, right. I was very tired a lot of the time, I remember that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I teach, um, I teach secondary school and we, as we were talking, you know, it's as difficult as it is for adults this lockdown I think it mm. must be even harder in some ways for young people and for kids because mm. you know that they don't have our resources they don't have our experience our life experience and, and they don't even have the nice things that make going to school like fun and good and yeah. and, and you know university students who I also teach they don't have that sort of social side which is so important and such a big part of the university experience. And that feels like a good segue into your book. So we're going to be talking today about your debut novel, The Private Joys of Nena Maloney, which involves a high school student, Nena. Luckily, uh, she's not living in the time of COVID-19. 
So congratulations, the book has now been out in the world for just over a year. It was shortlisted for the Desmond Elliott Prize in 2020. Uh, Bernadine Evaristo has described it as smart, serious and entertaining. I mean, just all of the kind of positive response must feel fantastic, right? Yeah, it's wonderful. I think, you know, just to have all these things, because they came in kind of a drip feed of like really amazing, wonderful things. You know, um, Candice, um, Cisco obviously was on the cover and Andrew McMillan's as well. And, yeah. and Bernadine's and then the lovely prize things. It was just like, oh, this is real, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it goes from being this Word document that I was working on like in secret, I guess, for like however many years. And then suddenly it's a real thing that you can hold in your hands. And then suddenly other people have read it and they're, oh, this is kind of good. And, and, and then it becomes like progressively more real. And it's kind of scary in a way because you feel mm. very exposed. But at mm. the same time, the reception that it's had has been so warm and it's been great really happy for you. Maybe we could start with the writing and publishing process of the book. Could you talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, so I was working on this novel for about eight years um, before wow. my editor saw it and I, through that eight years it was this, you know, I was working as a teacher for most mm. of that time and there was a year when I was training as a teacher when I just could not write anything because I was just too busy trying to learn how to like yeah. manage <laughs> classroom behavior yeah. and plan a lesson. It sounds um, normal, it sounds understandable. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, and yeah, and I wrote many drafts of this book that changed in different ways and I really just learned a lot by trial and error. Um, I don't have any sort of formal, I've never formally learned how to write, it's all right. been sort of me reading and thinking and doing and failing. Mm. Um, and I, in 2016, I was very fortunate in that I was given uh, a New Writing North, a Northern Writers Award from New mm -hmm. Writing North um, for a draft of this book. And they um, gave me some money, which as a trainee teacher was very helpful. And yeah. they also um, passed my manuscript along to the women who are now my agent and my editor. So mm. after sort of years of like trying and, and sort of trying to figure out what this book is and is anybody ever even going to see it? It's all, yeah. all sort of happened overnight that I got this wonderful deal and with this fantastic publisher. And yeah, it was like magic after sort of years of hard work, <laughs> if that's a thing. That sounds great. And The Private Joys of Nena Maloney has been published by Dialogue Books, who are just doing amazing things. So Dialogue is headed up by Charmaine Lovegrove, um, and it's a publishing house that seems like a really positive force on the British book scene. Yeah, I mean, Dialogue Books is, I think, the answer to a lot of people's prayers. It is very... You know, it's a, it's a it's an actively inclusive mm. imprint that mm. is passionate about the stories that might not otherwise get to see the light of day, yeah. um, or not or certainly not to see so much publicity. And I just think it's absolutely so wonderful to be part of this family. Like we're on social media, we sort of refer to ourselves as like the dialogue fam, and it's it's oh. a lovely sort of. Um, community of, of, yeah. of people who are really passionate about writing and about sharing these stories and I just feel really proud to be part of it, it's wonderful. 
Love that. Now, for the purpose of any listeners who may not have had the pleasure of reading the book yet, what can they expect from The Private Joys of Nena Maloney? So The Private Joys of Nena Maloney is, um, it's a comedy, I describe it as, it's, it's, in essence, it's a comedy about a teenage girl and her single mum. Yeah. Um, and uh, Nena is, she, her dad is Nigerian, but she's never met him. And mm. so she has this really close um, relationship with her mum Joni who is mm. white and they live in Manchester they have this really close tender relationship full of sort of warmth and humour but Nena's um, th- this sort of mystery about her dad mm. causes tension between them and when Nena starts to dig deeper and probe more and her mum doesn't want to answer those questions it kind of it puts a tension in that relationship and so going forward from there the novel is really about their their growing and learning about each other and themselves and it's also about their friends and lovers and Manchester and Cambridge, where, jo- where Nena's parents met. So it's about the world, really, of Nena mm. within herself and also beyond it. Yeah, you did such a seamless job of bringing together those two different timelines. So Cambridge in the early 90s with Jenna's mum and dad, Joni and Maurice. Then current day-ish Manchester. Um, I loved those two worlds and those two timelines and I thought you balanced them really well in my humble opinion. I like that opinion. That's great. Let's, <laughs> take, yeah, let's go with that. Take my humble opinion. Now, you've described, you know, some parts of the book there as as, as being, you know, comedy. Um, the novel deals with quite serious topics, but then there's that British element or what I personally associate with being British of treating everything or covering everything in like a layer of of humor. I think that's not I think that's spot on, you know. Mm. Um obviously everybody's idea of what it means to be British is different, but absolutely. I absolutely like my sort of comic inspirations for this were people like Sadie Smith, Nick Hornby, yeah. that very, you know, British kind of way of approaching yeah. humor and I'm really glad that you picked up on that. It was oh. really fun for me to write and I felt really yeah. happy to be sort of challenging that. Um, So as you've said, the central storyline is about Nena, who is going through what a lot of teenagers will identify with or what, you know, we can think back on um, when we think of our school days. But for Nena, there's an added element of race and there's also all of the mystery surrounding her dad and therefore her Nigerian heritage. Nena puts a lot of pressure on herself um, as to whether she is a good black person or a bad person black person I just wanted to hug her so many times when I was reading the book but I completely understand why she was caught in this you know predicament um I mean basically every time she she tries to speak to her mum Joni about her dad to find out more she just hits this brick wall which must be so frustrating thank you for picking up on that because that was something that I I put a lot of thought into and you know, I think for Nena, it stems from the fact that she has, that her identity is mm. visible, yeah. but still to her mysterious mm. and, and, and unresolved. So there will be people who will see her and ask questions or make assumptions, and she can't respond to those with the fluency and the robustness that she would like to because yeah. she doesn't have all the information. And I think that while that's true for Nena in a very direct sense, I think. It's, of, it's also true for people whose heritage in, in other ways is more familiar to them. You know, yeah. as myself growing up as a black person in this country, yeah. 
because we learn, when we learn history in schools, we learn specific, often quite narrow sections of history. Oh, yeah. um, that means that there are a lot of questions that are unanswered about mm. what it is to be black and British, what it is mm. to be a black and British today and where that comes from and, and what our heritage is and, and where we go from there and, mm. and, and how today connects to the mistakes that have already been made. So I was really hoping to write something that was relatable, even to people whose experience is quite unlike and then it's quite unique one. Yeah. And I think that's what's interesting as well is that you're you're writing several several different characters, voices. You know, Joni is a middle aged white woman. Then you've got Nena, her mixed race daughter, who's a teenager. Then you're Jonathan, you're Amit, you're Danny. Like, h- how was that to write this fantastic cast of? characters were there certain personalities that were more challenging than others oh I, I really enjoyed that I you know I contain multitudes what can I say <laughs> yes um, love it it was, <laughs> it was fun um and I think mm. the, the thing about the characters is they are all very different but they're yeah. all within reach of redemption even when they are making even when they're making or have made quite you know, terrible, harmful decisions. Mm. And so that, I think, made it easier for me to to write them all sort of from myself, as it were, because even if, you know, even Joni's mistake that she makes, mm. I was always, or, or, you know, Amit's social awkwardness or, mm. or Nana's inability to communicate or, you know, Danny struggling with his sexuality. It was mm. very important to me that I write to sort of, without trying to uh, pathologize anything that was yeah. any of the mistakes that these characters are making I always wanted to try and understand them and to explain them I think mm. that I, I, I've always felt very passionate about missed opportunities and um, misunderstandings that people have because we don't understand the motivations behind the mistakes that we make mm. or that that thing that somebody might have said or didn't say or said in the wrong way and mm. I think for me I was really trying to write something restorative and to, to in a sense explanatory and I wanted to write characters who are all sort of almost there in different ways so in a way it was difficult because I did have to think about how would this character respond to this quite specific set of situations but also it felt really fun and um fluent for me to be able to do that because I was thinking these are all these people all have something in common if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I think what I really appreciated when I was reading uh, The Private Joys was how much space you gave the reader to empathise with all of these characters. Um, You know, I I, I really kind of understood the tensions between Nena and and Joni, like both of them technically are, are legitimate. Um, I really felt for Joni, who's struggling with the idea of Nena growing up, being independent, moving away. But, you know, I could also see it from Nena's side. So thank you for that, because you made each and every character feel so real, as well as how they behaved in certain situations. And I think that's really testament to the power of your writing. Now, I wanted to speak a little bit about trauma because I found this to be a kind of recurring 
theme throughout the novel um, to counterbalance the comedy. Um, and I think you do it most beautifully through Joni and Maurice's relationship. Um, so this is the Cambridge timeline. Particularly um, for Maurice, um, there's a lot of pressure on him that he has to make something of himself in the UK when really he misses home, he misses Nigeria. And he feels like he's not allowed to say that he doesn't like it in the UK. Um, you know, he's also seen what coming to the UK did to his dad and how that pretty much broke him. Um, this does feel like a narrative that, you know, we're not taught in history classes at school, but it's coming out more and more in in modern writing and it feels really important. How, how was it, uh, Oke Chukwu, for you to, to write about Maurice's experience. Yeah, I'm. I mean, that that again. I'm really glad you picked up on that. <laughs> I was really. This is like. You're um, welcome. <laughs> this is great. Um, well, I love all these questions. It mm. was. Um, it was really interesting for me because, as you say, I think respect respectability politics mm. um, is one is one of the sort of the big ideas, I guess, in the novel that I was trying to explore from a very specific mm. human perspective. So, you know, we talk about <clears throat> race and feminism and mm. um you know interracial relationships mm. and, and god and all of these things and i really wanted to look at not just the theory or um you know the big um i suppose the, the big headlines but also mm. what does it look like for one specific person in a yeah. very specific set of circumstances to experience these things so morris's experiences aren't universal you know mm. i have family mm. who have moved here and are much happier than Morris was and yeah. Morris's dad. You know, I, I, I have that. But also I wanted to explore what it was like for somebody who is just finding things really, really hard. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he struggles with this idea that, that that being here should be aspirational for him. Yeah. When, when that he shouldn't he be allowed to complain. Yeah, You know, exactly. people would turn around and say, what are you complaining for? <laughs> they make assumptions, you know, it's better here than back yeah. home. You know, yeah. I think that it did such a strong point of illustrating, as you say, one experience because it's not unilateral, um, of, yeah, of, 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 of coming to Britain and, and having the identity of a black British person, you know, kind of thrusted upon you. Yeah, exactly. And to have to grapple with um, a received idea of what that means. Yeah. As much as Nana's trying to, Nana sort of takes the, the approach, I guess, that she feels that her identity is something that she needs to find out about, which is true to an extent. But Morris is, I think, more, he knows who he is, but he yeah. doesn't necessarily know what that means or what that looks like. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm really interested yeah. in that. That Definitely. idea that identity is part made, part found. Oh, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Interesting. Now, moving from Maurice to Jonathan, I was listening to an interview with you from last year and I found it really interesting to hear that Jonathan, who happens to be one of my favourite characters, was kind of, well, faced pushback from editors or publishing houses. I, I don't know how much you can say about this, but where do you think that pushback came from? Yeah, I mean, it's it's true. Um, I, you know, I 
a couple of agents and editors, I forget. Yeah, we're not going to name names. Yeah, and I would never name names (laughs) anyway. Nasty letters. (laughs) (laughs) It was her. Um, I yeah, I think you know, in an earlier in earlier drafts of this book, I think Jonathan maybe Jonathan they just didn't quite see how Jonathan and Nena connected, or because Jonathan's story is quite strong while also being a secondary story. I think I can you know I can imagine that it would be. Some people might not see how those two things connected, whereas obviously what I really want to do in this book is to show how all of their stories are connected yeah. and how they do help each other or hold each other back in certain ways, seen and unseen. Um, and I put a lot of work into making that clear and to mm-hmm. making that sort of relationship between Jonathan and Nena work um, over the years. And I'm really glad that some, for some people it, he is their favourite character. It, it, it's wonderful. I- well, I'm really grateful um, that Jonathan stayed in the book. You know, Jonathan is black. He is gay. He's he's a Christian, and he's also dealing with mental health issues, um, relationships. He goes out of his way to pick men who will not treat him how he deserves to be treated. It's not all doom and gloom. Jonathan is definitely a character who leans into um, humour to deal with a lot of what happens to him. And I loved, loved, loved his relationship with Nena. You know, it was so touching. And, you know, it's it's Jonathan who who can teach Nena some things about her, her, her identity. You know, he says... Um, he says to her at one point, there's nothing you can do that will make you any more or less black than you already are. You don't have to earn it. I'm so glad you loved that. I really enjoyed yeah. writing that. And I wanted to yeah. I wanted to write because they're very different, you know, they're, they're different ages. Um, yeah. Their approach to even one of the things they have in common, which is religion, their approach mm-hmm. to that is very different. Um, <clears throat> and is kind of looking at it from one remove. Yeah. Um, and Jonathan is very much still grappling with what it means mm. to be Christian or not to be Christian mm. anymore and, um, and what it's done to him in his past. And yeah. I really wanted to write about how someone, two people completely, who aren't, you know, they're not family, they haven't grown mm. up together, but they can still mean an awful lot to each other yeah. despite being outside of quite formalised relationship terms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I absolutely loved that. How have people reacted to the book, Okichukwu? And also, like, what do your students think about the book? Have they read it? Um, your status as an award-winning author, and when is this going to be on the national curriculum? Um, I think it's been lovely to see different people respond to different parts of the book, depending that, on, yeah. you know, their own experiences and mm. sort of feelings about things. Mm. Um, it's wonderful how many how many people have responded so warmly to Jonathan, people who are who have like nothing in common with Jonathan in terms mm. of demographics, mm. um, but who are like, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've heard from people who said, yeah, that was me in my 20s, or, wow. you know, yeah. I am, you know I, I've had relationships like that, and, I've, and that has been really moving, and, yeah. you know, um, that was wonderful. And mm. um, 
I don't think I've had any completely unexpected responses. Um, one interesting thing, I had a, um, a literature festival that I did, <laughs> that I was at over the summer. Um, I was asked to read out one of Jonathan's um, sex scenes. Oh, wow. Which, <laughs> which was um, not something I'd normally read from. Um, not because I don't enjoy it, I, I loved writing sure, that. Sure, of course. I, I think it's a really important part of his character. But, yeah. Um, I'm a little shy, um, yeah. and when I read so, and I read that out, and I was like, "Okay, this is a thing." Um, I'm just trying to uh, articulate. I don't want to spoil it for the reader. So I'll try and talk about it in roundabout terms to articulate the kind of the sounds involved yeah. <laughs> in his sort of sex life um, was a fun new challenge. Um, and speaking of yeah and. My students and my some of my secondary school students have actually read this book, awesome. um, which is wonderful. Um, and you know, I'm still amazed that any of them have because I think, well, I give you enough homework, so why you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you want more homework? Okay, um, You're doing this in so, your own time, wow, that's like, amazing. I'm amazed and so mm. humbled by that, and um, and that's lovely, but also kind of weird because I'm like. There's, because there is sex in it and I'm like and there's funny funny awkward sex yeah so like, with so like, like kitchen like kitchen based ingredients like it is it's messy yeah it's messy levels. messy is the word <laughs> messy is the word and so I'm like you do you want to know what your English teacher's idea of messy is oh my god okay yeah um but that, they've been lovely it's been oh, wonderful that's really 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 cool Obviously, we are a French-based book club, so when Paris popped up in the book, I was so delighted. Please tell me that you've pitched to Netflix, because we, we don't need Emily in Paris. We need Nena in Paris. We do Come need on. Nena in Paris. Oh, Come my God. So I, I haven't pitched to Netflix yet, but okay. it's on my list. Okay, cool. As soon as this conversation ends, I'll cool. pick up the phone. Um, <laughs> and I... I'm really embarrassed to say this, but I have watched Emily in Paris. Oh, don't be um, embarrassed. I, I know I, I am. The shame runs okay, deep. Okay, that's I'm fine. Sorry. We've all got our guilty, guilty <laughs> pleasures, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> this is my like bad relationship. Like I'm really I'm ashamed. It's in my past. It's in my past. It's in not who past. I am today. No. Um, and yeah, I just really wanted to. I, you know, I love Paris. It's Yay. this amazing, amazing place, and you know. Um, one of the highlights actually of this whole journey was going to was being in Paris a few months after the book came out and being in Shakespeare and Co and seeing the book on its shelves it was just this incredible like oh my I couldn't gosh. believe it I, I'm I think for so many writers like that is such a a dream isn't it yeah. That must have been incredible. We used to have our book club there. Like, no way. Yeah, we miss it we so miss it much. But yeah, it's such a magical place. And when we can travel again, and when you can come back to Paris, we should totally do coffee at Shakespeare and Company. Oh, that would be so amazing. Yay! Yes. <laughs> so Nena is still out in the world, working her magic. We're still getting to have conversations like this about your debut novel. But what comes next? Yeah, I am, and it's so exciting. Um, oh, cool! It's wonderful. I, you know, I've been writing this novel. I've had the idea for this second novel since the first one, since bef you know, since before I signed the contract for the first one. Wow. Well, the contract is for two, but since the first right. one sort of right. 
um, I was editing it. Even I've always I've wanted to write this for a long time, but I didn't want to write two things at the same time because sure. I know myself. The grass is always greener, and you st you put one project yeah. down and you start thinking the other one will be easier or better. And also, that just sounds like that. too much to put on your plate. It would be too much. My head <laughs> would have exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, so this second book, um, my agent is reading it now. Mm. Um, my editor will read it, I guess, this week or next week. Um, wow. And um, it will be published in the sort of spring, early summer of 2022, which... Perfect for a Shakespeare visit. Perfect for a Shakespeare yeah. visit. And we're gonna, this is spring. all <laughs> sliding into place beautifully. It's just working out so well. Amazing. It's like I planned it. Um, <laughs> Wow, um, so that's, yeah. okay, so we're heading for that. Yeah, it's fiction, yeah. it is um, a novel set um, in a few different cities this time, mostly Ooh. in London, but um, partly in Manchester and cool. partly in Berlin and partly in Lagos. Um, oh, nice. It is a story of, it is actually, it started off as being um, inspired by the biblical book of Ruth, um, oh. and which for those listeners who don't know it is um essentially about two women who are not related to each other formally but who stick together and fight for each other and help each other very literally to survive mm -hmm. and i wanted to rewrite that as a story of a queer black man and a, and a non-queer black man who help each other and yeah. you know it's it's i wanted this to be a story of growth and uh, about black queerness and what yeah. that means outside of a sexual relationship and and I wanted to write about change and mm. and grief as well wow. so gosh yeah. it sounds like you're really going to be hitting our emotions up again <laughs> just, just like in dinner so thank you in advance <laughs> you are so welcome <laughs> Yeah, this one is not so much a comedy. It mm. is not. It's not a comedy. It's mm -mm. it is. Um, it's darker, um, right. and I guess in terms of the ages of the characters and as well as other things, yeah. it's more grown up. But yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, it sounds beautiful, and thank you for sharing um, all of that with us. Uh, very very exciting news. And what have you been reading this past year or so? Um, it could be new titles or maybe like comforting classics that you've just turned to during lockdown. Yeah, so actually um, I've been reading this fantastic novel called The Prophets um, by Robert Jones Jr. Which actually, it came out this month I think. Okay. Um, and it's, um, in fact, I'm reading it because I've been reading it because I'm interviewing the author tomorrow. <gasps> oh, exciting! Um, so um, it's he's um, Robert Jones Jr. He's yeah. called, and he's this fantastic. Honestly, it's such a beautiful novel. Okay. Um, it's a story of black queer love yeah. <clears throat> between two enslaved men on a plantation in America, oh. and it is it is just so uh, masterful and controlled and lyrical and mm. just perfectly judged and balanced it's brilliant i would really really recommend it Fab, so thank you. i've been reading a novel that's coming out i think in a few months from dialogue books called diamond hill by kit fan who mm. is um he's a poet um sort of i guess his his previous works have been poetry okay. and this is his first novel um it's a really um beautiful sort of elegy to a lost community, a, a slum in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. It's set in the 90s, <clears throat> just before Hong Kong sort of 
went over to China. Yeah. Um, and um, it's about again, one of the things which I really love is these characters who you would think would have nothing to do with each other, like a faded mm. wannabe film star, um, mm. a former heroin addict, um, a child gangster, and these people sort of and sort of surviving and. Um, trying to move on or, or stay put yeah. in terms of um, this community that's actually dying. Um, and without giving it away, it's just a very close, lyrical, beautiful look at the of humanity in very different sections and perspectives. It's really good. Awesome. Okay, two fantastic reading recommendations there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, Okichukwu. It- I've just had such a, a lovely, lovely time talking to you. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. No, it's just been such a pleasure. Good luck with everything and keep looking after yourself like it sounds Thank like you're you doing. Thank you. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, guys. As you can tell, we had quite a few giggles um, during the episode. It was a really lovely chat. Um, so I hope you got a lot out of it. Um, in the show notes, you can find out where to follow OK Chukru on social media, how to get a copy of The Private Joys of Nana Maloney, um, and also anything that we um, that came up in our conversation. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, leave us a nice comment. Follow us um, on Instagram at the FBC Paris and we'll be back with another awesome author soon. Take care.